Church Boys. We take you now to the backyard in Lucas Miles in, in you know, Butt Munch, Indiana. Chrissy, no! Chrissy, don't drown me! Chrissy, no! No, Chrissy! Those are the birds laughing as Chrissy drowns Lucas. It's, this is actually fairly accurate. So, so how's the how's the pond going? So we had a little bit of a cave in this week. Oh yes, I guess your your wife only sent positive updates. She didn't tell us anything negative was going on. So tell us about yeah, so, uh, Lake <clears throat> like Lake Chrissy. So Doug, the pond guy, Doug who is, the pond who's a great guy. Human. You probably heard the D- podcast. DPG, Doug the Pond yeah. Guy. Doug. Yes. And so um, great guy, hard worker, has has been helping out with a bunch of stuff. Has never seen a busy. pond in his life. <laughs> I think this could be his first pond. According to Chrissy, this is he is a pond veteran. Uh I yeah, I think it's uh I think he used to work for a pond guy. This might be his first uh, maybe solo. Or he's seen a pond guy. Or he's seen pictures of ponds. This. Billy, you live in a concrete jungle. Like there's this... no way there's a pond. Oh, I'm just gonna call the pond guy to come over. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> My pond needs a tune-up. I'm gonna call the pond guy. I mean, there are landscapers who do ponds, so I'm sure that they're they have yeah. no. They but dig the... holes and put water in them. That is the specialty. These people like they like curate like fancy koi and you know expensive fish and everything you, first like, all, you, guys have, you guys have goldfish you went at the local carnival first of all that are in this water oh no i did get i got mine for 10 cents at the uh at the pet store i saved them from being oh, they, like they're feeder what? fish aren't they piranha food yeah, yeah. So you paid fish, 10 cents you're gonna much. stick them into this pond and they're gonna get sucked into the recirculating system and and cut up in the little fans <laughs> and all you're gonna have is you're gonna have goldfish salsa that's all you're gonna have oh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so um, we um we had a little cave in. So this pond is before it was just kind of the the rubber liner lining mm-hmm. and then a couple you know rocks around the edges. Um, Doug decided to go all out and I've, I've he it. has the rubber lining and now it is sort of a river rock bottom with uh-huh. sides with kind of this you know I don't know. Slater. I, I, yeah. I don't know what kind. Of, I was going to try to pretend call it limestone or something, but it's not it's like not. anybody knows. It's limestone sides, right? Right. It's some sort of you know granite or stone or whatever on the side of it, and so he's got all these things stacked up, and you know it's like a whole giant Tetris game. So he's literally out there with like a hammer and a chisel, like breaking these stones so they all like kind of line this properly, and um, yeah, that's that's the photo right there. So Get my light to come on. Well, it's uh, so. Is that the it, liner there, the black stuff down there? I think so. Oh. Yeah. So he's that's kind of getting cut back and then covered and everything else. So yeah, some rocks caved in. It had like a pretty big rain here, and uh, so there's you a little bit of a mud. Wait, wait. You have a pond that can't handle water? Is that what you're, is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, it has been repaired. It's okay. been fixed. That's but good. isn't that going to happen when it? Okay. Well, like when it wait. rains. Backing up, I think he's got. How much is this setting you back? I'm just going to ask is a the uncomfortable question. I how much money are you spending? Is it north of two thousand? <laughs> it's cheaper. I mean, than it's, it's probably slightly north. It's cheaper slightly. than alimony, is what he's saying. Yeah. 
that is that is the answer, right? The, tec- the technical I mean, the technical just, issue in the house wanted a pond. A pond yes, she shall have. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to understand at what point you guys said to yourselves, we don't want a hot tub. We want a pond. <laughs> like at what point you were like, oh, it would be a really great it's almost like you had a puddle mm-hmm. and you looked at it and you thought Let's you inserted a you guys into that sentence that was not actually there right. in the equation. Oh, gotcha. I mean, it's incredibly. So the, well, here, here, but I want you to understand this is why the pond is important because unless somebody else fixes it, I have to get in that muck and I have to do it. Right. But you had a pond. You could have filled with dirt and then covered with grass. That now, the wasn't edict, an option. Was here. the edict pond only or was there ever a possibility that there was a like a, a hot like as billy mentioned a, some sort of hot tub no it a was hot a, spring even it was a pond only okay. chrissy likes the wildlife okay but mosquitoes we've been over this we talked she, about this last i understand she could have, doesn't care about mosquitoes she could have put a hot i on tub the other in hand the, would love to pave my backyard <laughs> she could have put a yeah. hot tub in the middle of the yard and but then, then how would you make that little girl around. mow it for you <laughs> how would that still oh, happen taking jobs man. from children I, I actually just got a text from her. Yeah, um, probably knows you're talking about it. Well, right. I don't know. What were we? We were going to start with something, and the pond completely derailed it. I don't know. It was. <laughs> oh, the Christian College. What was that? I don't even remember. They have ponds at Christian colleges. Um, probably. I would imagine they. We had actually at my college, which is a Catholic school, was a Catholic school in New York City. There was a giant pond. And a grotto. I bet they had a pond guy. They did not. Uh, but there were fish. There was a grotto, and you could go and look at the grotto. There's a little bridge you could walk over. We had that on it, campus. It, so yeah, in the city was it in New York City? Like it was. It's in the city. It, it was in the Bronx okay. at the last possible part of the city. Like you Where take you a go? left, College of Mount Saint Vincent. So you take a left out of the college, and you're in Yonkers. You take a right, and you're in Riverdale. So it was in Riverdale. Riverdale is a very nice part. Of the one of the nicest parts of New York City and a very very nice part of the Bronx. All right. So, so there you go. All right. Anyway, we had a pond. Now there's there's a Christian college. What which Christian school is this, Lucas? Uh, was this Seattle Pacific? Seattle Pacific. Seattle Pacific. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In, in a known. Listen, this is a known liberal liberal arts Christian college. So I get like here's my question, and this is and Lucas, you're the resident progressive Christian scholar here, but. I get, and we've all had experience in this arena. What what is the benefit of calling yourself a Christian if you disagree with most of the tenets of Christianity? Like what what is the social benefit of doing that? I think that, you know, the Christian left is sort of this halfway house so you can feel connected to a higher power and to God um but you don't have to follow any of the rules that are perceived, you know, based upon Christianity. And so they're able to abandon whatever verses they want to. They can literally just, you know, tear out pages of the Bible, you know, mentally uh, in their faith journey, but they still feel a connection, you know, in this sort of, you know, religious superiority. So it's, in my mind, it's a very self-righteous position, literally in that your righteousness comes from yourself Mm. and has nothing to do with, you know, God's grace or, you know, because there's no sin in, you know, among the Christian left. They don't have a view of sin. They've they've totally written off the the uh, doctrine of original sin, and so none of these things matter. It's really just live however you want, you be you sort of theology. 
Yeah, and that I guess for me, I get that. I that's human nature, right? Like you be you, you do your thing. But it seems like we talked about this a little bit with the deconstruction stuff last week. It seems like you kind of like you start out down that path and one domino goes, then the next domino goes, and before you know it, you're like out in Hawaii, lost without a paddle on some remote island, and you're like, Yeah, this is great. It just seems like it never leads you to a pl- unless you reconstruct your faith and you kind of come back from it, which there are people who do that. They yeah. You know, they kind of fall away, they come back. But yeah, so so this college and our guest Craig is going to be coming on here in a few moments. Uh, but as we talk through just this story and kind of explain it, this college, the board of the college voted to affirm traditional marriage. Which surprised and as res- me, by the way. Honestly. Which surprised you. I, I was surprised did. that Seattle Pacific did that. That their so trustees they did that. Did that. The trustees and did like that. 70% of the fa- 70% plus of the faculty. Right voted like a vote of no confidence in the board only 29 percent of the faculty voted in support of the board and so now you've got this weird civil war going on at this christian college and this look this isn't the only school that's like this i mean there's you know obviously this is the one that made the news right now but you know this these same conversations are happening at schools across the country whether it be uh you know um you know critical race theory being introduced or you know the the college's position on on you know sexuality and gender and and this goes right in line with you know what's coming out of the biden administration with the equality act and you know these other kind of hiring conversations that are taking place you know on a national level so i think we're gonna be seeing a lot more of this well listen the converse have the conversation right but there's like a scriptural view on things and then there's a conversation and if the conversation is not lining up with the scriptural view it becomes obviously a problem and these campuses and denominations there's denominations splitting over these things there's a lot there's a lot happening right now in American culture at large, but I think in in the church right now, you're seeing a lot of people, again, have these, these disagreements. But what's interesting about the Biden administration, I don't know if you saw the whole lawsuit, the appeal mm-hmm. over the transgender issue, you know, that doctors who want religious protections you know, to not be forced to participate in a gender transition, that the administration is suing debate, it seems like, to prevent those exe- exemptions. Correct, Chris? Am I yes. framing that correctly? Yes, I believe so, yeah. That's actually pretty troubling. I don't know. I mean, I guess we all knew that was going to be the case, but if you're talking about unity, doesn't seem very in line you, with unity. Uni- unifying, yeah. Yeah. I, it's, I, weird. It's, uh, it's interesting. So it says here in this, uh, it, what is it? Oh, it's, uh, it's uh, what's his name? He's, um, we used to work at the, the Blades. Trey's right up at Facewire. Yeah. It says, uh, Ted Olson, editorial director of Christianity, said he wishes more Christian organizations had a statement as robust and rooted as this one, referring to the SPU statement on human sexuality, which actually was really well done. And then he has a tweet here with these uh, pictures of a couple flyers that are around campus. Worth noting, flyers for a vigil protesting the board decision at a Christian college warn that prayers will be offered and certain testimonies may include dimensions of God and religion. If this is triggering for you, take any precautions you need. This is a Christian university warning students that this event, this <laughs> vigil, will have prayers and testimonies, and they may include dimensions of God and religion. I mean, that's like uh, this show. You need a trigger, trigger warning before you like, yeah, come on. Yeah, you need a trigger warning, show. especially if you look at the video version, which is why I don't know. post it. But again, I mean, and, and again, this is obviously on a national level, but you know, you just had you know Biden's you know Easter address that didn't mention Jesus you know one time. 
I mean, uh, in it, fairness, it, he didn't know what holiday it was. I mean, <laughs> like, if you're going to be fair, I, I don't think it really. But you, you know, you have this ascendant liberal Christianity that is, you know, really minus Christ. Right. And so, you know, we're seeing the same thing at these college campuses is that, you know, hey, we're Christians, but it's it's really kind of Christian in name only. And yeah. and I think that that's going to continue, yeah. you know, continue to spread. The the president who is described as devout Catholic didn't bother to mention Jesus or anything. Again, he thought it was Halloween. You can't hold him accountable if he doesn't. <laughs> there was candy. There was candy Sunday. out there for everyone. He must have thought it was Halloween. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to welcome oh, my Craig. friend, my friend to the show here. Oh, and get the, I gotta get there. The fan, he is. There's the Craig. Oh, that's our fan. Wait, are you giving a drum roll? Hold on, Craig. Don't say this anything. This is our fanfare. Look at that. I love that lamp you have behind you, Craig. I think that you should have a trigger warning for the show as as for uh, you're about to see a Muppet face. And that's Billy's face. There we go. We're going to start right out. Wait, did you? A Muppet's face. And if you were ever triggered or, you know, know, traumatized (laughs) as a child. We just, just a second. Please, you know. (laughs) Just know you you might get triggered during the show. We just had that text conversation today. Yeah, this, about my movie, and you guys like, are all about the truth. I can see that, so you need to have that trigger warning. How he looks <laughs> you guys like, are such he looks like Bunsen. Hey, uh, I forgot to tell you that we're actually auditioning for a new third church boy. That's right. So. <laughs> um, I thought Derek Huff just came on the program right here. So Derek you know, Huff. <laughs> Craig has some other celebrity names, but I have to introduce, I didn't even introduce you because you came in and you're calling me a Muppet. Craig just calls right me away, a Muppet just once, oh, once a week I get called a Muppet. And so when you a-holes called me a Muppet today on text, I was like, here we go again. Hey, listen, you're wanting to reach a broad audience. And a lot of people grew up with the Muppets, okay? And now, right now, you know, Kermit and Piggy, they're all under attack. For all the hate, Wait, hate Chris is under they brought into the world, you know, Jimi Hendrix, he, he just created those things with so much anger and hate and prejudice. And you're just an embodiment of that. You know what? You just need to get, you know, people need to be warned. I'm, every time I talk to you, you know, like a FaceTime, I... <laughs> <laughs> I, First of all, I agree you. with everything you said, but it's Jim Henson and not Jimmy. I mean, so that made it so much better. So Jimmy you're stuck. <laughs> so you're stuck FaceTiming with Billy because when he calls me, he calls me regularly and he doesn't FaceTime. Thankfully, he FaceTimes you. Yeah, I do. He, he genuinely dislikes it. Me. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, he doesn't we also leave each other like hostile voicemails like every couple weeks. But we you really know, can't repeat a lot of that here. We can't. We actually can. <laughs> so Craig, Craig Scott and I have known each other. So Craig obviously is a speaker. Uh, value up is your organization. And I want to get back to being I have to give like a semi-serious introduction because you're like, whatever, you're a speaker. You've got value up, which is a great program. Tell us quickly about value up and then we'll talk more about it later when you're done mocking me. But give us a little preview of what value up does. Yeah, so uh, I've been speaking um, around the country, mostly in schools uh, for the last 20 years. Um, I was in the middle of the Columbine shooting and uh, survived that, was in the scene kind of where most of the intense shooting happened, ha- lost a couple buddies next to me, and then I also lost my sister, Rachel. And so since then, my family and I started a program that's reached a lot of schools called Rachel's Challenge. In the last five years, I've had my own program called Value Up. And we've just told her story. I've shared my story many times and kind of shared lessons behind the Columbine shooting. 
and um, so I I uh, do a lot with uh, schools, uh, you know, trying to help uh, impact school culture, and um, and so I have a lot of great great stories of, pe- of people's lives being changed over the years. Um, and uh, we did a movie on her story. We, books have been written. Um, so I, I have kind of two worlds. I, I do that. And then I also work on movies and films. Um, so those are kind of my two worlds, speaking and working on movies. My next movie is going to be a horror. It's horror. 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 Are you going to put horror. me, are you gonna put me no, in this? Billy, do I get a no, role? No, no. no. He yeah, said, I have to get your, yeah, I have to get your right. It was two, it was two syllables, Billy. Horror. Horror. Not a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Let's get that right. Yeah, the, exactly. It's a horror. You know, we have two filmmakers. So Lucas makes movies too. And so now it's like all these movie makers coming out. Yeah, Lucas over there, that one. Uh, but but so yeah, you do film as well. And so Craig and I have been friends for actually a really long time. Because he does film? No, oh. he didn't do film. When we became friends, he didn't oh, do film. Uh-huh. But I do have a tendency to show up on sets and worm my way in to get roles, like the rapture role or the the one, I don't know, the God's Not Dead thing where I like played myself talking, um, looking like, Again, you know, Beaker. But him, Craig, so Craig, where did we meet? Where, what was like the first, do you remember the first time, like how we met? Yeah, uh, we first met in 2002. You were uh, going to College of Mount St. Vincent in the Bronx. See? You were trying to impress everybody by putting on a big show called The Peace Project. There you we brought go. in a lot of celebrities, people from MTV's Real World. Oh, yeah. Canadians, all that. And you had the guy that sings. Uh, Elliot Sloan. The of is the answer. Yes. And you had Miss Teen USA show up. And she was actually my date the next day. And I had to battle one of your friends to get up, to be a, a date with her. We had a battle. You, you were not even a competition. You weren't even, you know. No, no but then you went like after that. another girl that I liked at the time, actually, because I remember this. Was it Andrew? Yeah, I remember, but we don't need to go down memory lane. Oh, the redhead. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and you remember. And yeah. you remember. So we had to have been like 1920. Oh, I don't even know. I don't know. But but my favorite part though was after the after the event, I I spoke, then the guy that guy Elliot played that wonderful song, piano, coolest song ever. And then we all went out to a local dive bar and we couldn't even fit in it. Do you remember that? Well, you had and Billy with you. Naturally, you're not going to fit. Really couldn't fit in it. And at the end, we, cause I invited everybody. I said, we're all going, come on with us. And we all, at the very end, they're playing piano man. And I'm really good about getting crowds to sway back and forth and put their arms around each other. I do it in schools. So the entire bar, I'm, I'm saying every single patron of that bar had their arms around swaying back and forth. Piano man, cheer it! It's so creepy. This whole thing. It, it was beautiful, man. So, so when you, but when you, that's the script for the horror movie was right. written. <laughs> <laughs> when you, when you met, when you met um, Billy Manatee, he was at St. Vincent's, and and where were you? What were you do? What were you up to at that time? I was uh, doing a little speaking. I was living okay. in Colorado. All right. And... Have you ever been a pawn guy? I've ever been a what a what guy? Do they have pond guys in Colorado? People that work on ponds that like are experts in ponds? <laughs> it's just out of nowhere. 
in ponds like little bodies of water. Like yeah, little bodies of water. People, let's step back and give are you, him context. Craig, give him Craig, context. I'll, I'll set up context. Craig, I have a pond being worked no, wait, on in my Craig, backyard. They were giving me a hard time up, about it because I said the pond guy up, was coming out to work on it. And it's like, up, there's the, no such thing as ponds. No and so pond? I was just wondering let's, if it's oh, Colorado. Yeah, let's set, let's set up the pond. I know exactly what you were talking about the second you said it. There's at least a half a million pond people. Thank you. I've vindicated. Carry on. Idiots you got to work with. I'm sorry, man. They're building a pond in their backyard, and it's like there's so many questions. Why not a pool? Why not a hot tub? At what point do you decide you want a mosquito bath in your backyard? Carry on. I'm sorry. I interrupted. I actually think you're – wait a minute. You're wrong, though, because I met you way before – I met you before that on those bike rides. We went on the – there was a charity bike ride thing. Oh, yeah. And I got – Please tell me it's a tandem. I, I wanted to be a champion, and so at one point we had a big group. The only oh, you're going to tell this story. I know. Group, okay. But I, I know the story you're going to tell. All right, you go ahead and tell the story. Let me you. tell my version of the story, then let's hear your version of the story. Well, let's hear the false story. No, no, story I want to hear your version of the correct story. <laughs> you go first with your version of this ridiculous story. You go, because then okay, I'll tell mine. Well, I'm just on the bike ride, you know, to honor the memory of my sister. So now, <laughs> now, now, you, can't even, now you can't even make fun of this story. Cause I just said that. So now I'm listening to the music and I'm rolling along and it's a beautiful day and we get into DC and there's trees and I go through a park and I'm the most fit of them all. So I'm just a champion. I'm ahead of them. Listen to the eye of the tiger. I'm just like leading the pack. And that's, and I, we were getting to, we were, we were bike riding from Virginia beach to Washington DC to the steps of the Capitol that's to a give a beautiful speech and it was called People Peddling Peace, and I was the like leader. Was Billy driving the van that was like going to bring all the bikes? I back? rode Carrying my the bike the whole time, Craig. You have to. At least, I rode my bike, the, whatever bike I was on. I don't know whose bike it was. I was on a bike, a motorcycle. Craig was my roommate. Craig, we were roommates, and there was another person there. We went a couple times, but so the, they're all blending together. The two or three times, I think it might have been two times. So is that the Did end you of your story? Wait, yeah, wait, that's wait. my story. It's that's the story. end of your story. Okay, now let's talk about the real story. Craig is with the group, and we're t- we're riding through the woods together because this was a this was a trek for like hundreds of miles over seven six days five days however long it was, and we're riding and the cop there was a cop with us who was helping organize this group keep it together he's like, listen for my commands listen to what I'm saying don't go without us because it could be dangerous you're crossing roads, so we're pedaling and Craig because he thought he was a champion he's going. But he's so far ahead of everyone. We're screaming for him, Craig, Craig, Craig. And like Auntie M zooming along, bandana on his head, headphones in his ears, no idea that he's lost the group. I have a tiger. I have a tiger. So me and another guy, we're like, we're gonna we're gonna pedal ahead and go to try to find him. Flash forward, we're lost in the woods. Okay. We are not with the group anymore. Craig is nowhere to be found, and the two of us are lost. We end up in some village in Maryland wait, with our bikes. Wait a second. How did you get to Maryland? You were going from Virginia Beach to I'm Washington, D.C. We're, we're in Virginia. We're in Virginia. Okay. We're in Virginia. Some town. We're like, have you seen our friend? We're tr- we don't have a phone with us or anything. We don't know where we are. And somehow we got back. To the ho- we knew where the ho- we knew the name of the hotel. We get back to a police. No, no, a police officer takes us back to the hotel, and we fi- after this whole ordeal of hours of trying to find Craig, 
go into the hotel and there's Craig freshly showered in the hotel like nothing ever happened. He'd been there for hours because he's a champion and was way ahead of you. Been there for hours. Right. So that was an argument. We had an argument about that. Billy's training wheels were slowing him down. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, it just it just sounds like a winner story and then a loser story. That's all. all <laughs> you were lost. Like you were completely That's all lost. I and it sounds, how there. did you get back to the hotel? How did you get back to the hotel? Because he was, he was there. He was refreshed. And we were crying. Where have you been? Billy, we were so, we were so he mad got, that we he got He beat lost. you to the hotel because he was never lost to begin you know, with. No, a cop drove you back to. I'm certain of it. I know you did not drive yourself back to that hotel. Exactly. They put your bike in a cop car. There were cops everywhere. Well, so anyway. Long. There was a moment during that trip. Do you remember this? I shouldn't tell this story, yes, you but should. I'm going to tell it. We were at this weird. All I remember is you kept touching animals. We stopped off at this like weird farm thing and it, there was no label on it. There were no people and there were just chickens and animals walking around and it was bizarre. And you were just like walking up and petting these random animals. And of course, I'm afraid of rabies, which we've talked Sounds about. Sounds like a petting zoo. So it I was, don't think that's that weird. weird. It was not. Billy, you're afraid of every creature. I, I do not like it. creatures. I do not. Yeah, so again, once again, Billy, I'm just in living life in the moment. There I am at a beautiful petting zoo. I'm it's not animals. It was like out about talk, thinking about diseases and ah. Well, you know, you'll remember this moment. In which Billy, muppets world. can't get it's diseases. You're fine. Billy. Plus your mind, Philippians 4 3. Hello. You know what? I'm not now you're quoting scripture, but listen, let me tell you what happened. So as they're all petting animals, they're showing us an EpiPen or whatever. Do you remember this? And the woman who was a nurse, she's like, if anything were to happen, this is how you would use the EpiPen. And so she's got the EpiPen and she accidentally deploys the EpiPen through her finger as we're all watching this demonstration of how to use it. And immediately starts convulsing. And we're on the side of the road at this no-name thing. And Craig's walking oh around with lamb, like emaciated lambs. It was so bizarre. And I surreal. She, knew, she knew what she was doing. <laughs> That's a crazy story. And we story. had to call 911. She's a professional. So <laughs> this I'm trip was a disaster. continue with the animals. This trip was a disaster. The more that we're talking about this, no, it was a really great charity trip. All the disasters were brought upon by us. Chris, uh, mental note, never mm -hmm. go on a trip with Craig or Billy. <laughs> never. <laughs> never. So, You're either going to end up in a sweaty dive bar or <laughs> licking the back of chickens or something like that. It was so weird. It was weird. But anyway, so Craig, like, I'm a good friend, right? You've had a good friendship with me. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, there's I try to do a certain amount of charity work every so often. <laughs> Craig, blink twice if you're being <laughs> under duress. If you're under duress right now. <laughs> so all right, so on a serious note though, on a on a very serious note. So you have been this event that we're talking about was a great event. It was a charity event. You honored your sister's you know, life. And there were a lot of other people there who have been victims of different things who were honoring different people. It was a really cool event to be there for. You've done a million things, though, from from I mean, it's been 22 years since Columbine. You've been hyperactive, always sharing your story. And I don't want to, like, go crazy into the details of your story because you've talked a lot about that, especially this week with the anniversary. But, you know, why did you like what has made you want to speak out the way that you have? Because you've been very vocal sharing a lot of people. They like they go quiet. They don't want to talk about what happened to them. What's made you 
want to be so open sharing? Well, I just thought that that God wanted to do something good through all of all of it. And and so I, part of that for my family became sharing the story. And once we saw the impact that it was making to me, it was like I wanted to you know, be a part of that thing that was helping redeem seeing the good come through this. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, over the years, like the her stories literally prevented thousands of suicides and stopped school shootings. And, you know, I hear a lot of tragic stuff from kids, you know, after I speak. And I've spoken to over a million people, mostly teens. And so, you know, I hear I've heard of so many uh, tragic stories, hurtful stories. And when I hear how it helps them, it just it just always makes me continue to go on. And, you know, Columbine was the first big mass school shooting that happened in our country. And it was one of those days that kind of time stood still. If you're old enough to remember, you know, where you were, you remember. And so um, I, I said from the beginning that as long as it was making a difference that I would continue talking about it. I mean, I've even had friends that are like, dude, it's been a while. Are, are you over it? Are you over talking about it? But they, they don't get it. They don't they don't get that. It's not me needing to talk about it uh, for my own sake. I'm, I, in fact, I don't it's almost anti therapeutic for me to talk about it. I do it because I see it makes an impact. And to me, I kind of like made it. I made a deal with God underneath that table, which was like, save me and, 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 and I'll live for you type of thinking. And so type of prayer. And so, yeah, I just as long as it's making an impact and I'll, I'll continue to share it. And the day that doesn't is the day I'll stop. Yeah. Is that is it? Is it ever exhausting sharing it? Like, is it ever hard? Because you said it's anti-therapeutic. Is it ever hard to, and I mean, I say this to you after, I'm the one who, many times I'm coming to you to talk about it, right? In different venues and over the years I've asked. And every time you share that story before you answer, I feel the pain of it because it's such a hard thing to listen to. But is it, like, what's that like to continue to kind of talk about it? Yeah, sharing sharing about it, you know, so many many times uh, over and over is exhausting, but it really doesn't compare to my friendship with you. I was just going to say, you're so popular. The phone just rings all the time. Is that, that was a casting you? director? That was a casting director, actually. I auditioned for a Netflix role. Did you really? I did. I sure did. It's a, it's a show coming out called Women in the Movement. Oh, you'll be <laughs> great. It be a more fitting show for you. Um, I'm not the star of the show. There's going to be okay. men in the show. Uh-huh. What's this show about? Do you need to answer that? Should you call them back while we're on air and have the conversation? Actually, Billy's going to have him on the show. Or oh eight, yeah, so this is the shows. However many shows he has. Yeah. Oh well, excuse me. I, I do I do have an abnormal number of podcasts. But I was gonna I was going to I'm like the I'm like a defunct Ryan Seacrest of Christian podcasting, but without the success or good looks and or the good, good hair or, or or trim or being trim. Okay, or the nice outfit. All right. Somebody told me that Ryan Seacrest signs all of his emails, live in the dream, Ryan Seacrest. That would piss me. If I got that email, that would enrage me. I mean, he, he is, is living the dream. There but is no one more living the dream more than he is. Like, I'm right. better than you. Right, like, I, that may not be true. And so, Ryan, if you're listening, Ryan you're Seacrest, not, I'm sorry. I'm better than you. I don't, I don't think that Ryan dream. Seacrest listens to the church boys. I'm just you never call, know. I'm just going to call that out. He could be. You never hey, know. I think he has a place in Brazil. 
I, it's we're kind, you know what? Them, it's so. kind of the same when they, I get interviewed, I get interviewed like after every shooting and they're like, what will you say to the victim's families? I'm like, they're not watching this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. They're at home with each other, spending time together. They're not watching you. They exactly. don't care. <laughs> it's, so, uh, that's actually so a great let me, point. Uh, let me ask you a version of that question. When you see a, a school shooting happen, what 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 do you, what goes through your mind? I mean, I don't mean like your memories. Obviously, you've got the memories of what happened, but what what, what is it you want to do or say or or what? It, yeah, what goes through yeah. your mind? Well, you know, at first when they first started happening after the Columbine shooting, it would just like eat me up with sadness and anger, and then I got to a point where I I don't really let it steal away time and, and energy like days away from me emotionally. Now it just becomes part of my resolve. When I, when I see another one, I'm just like, it just adds to my fire. This is what I got. It, I just become more determined. Mm. This is what I, I got to keep going. Of course, I do feel for the people, uh, but I've learned that you, you don't really, you know, having thousands of people tell me their tragic stuff over the years, I've learned that you can't really take on people's stuff. Mm. You can be there with them in the moment. You can be empathetic and, uh, you can, you know, tr- listen mostly and try to try to have some principle you can convey to them, some spiritual principle that can help. But once you walk out of that room, you don't carry that with you. Right. And it's the same thing with these shootings. When I hear and I have friends and my in the Columbine community I actually posted and told them, you know, like, hey, you know, I had people that were just getting down all the time because you guys remember when it was like shootings were constantly dominating yeah. the news. And I was, and I, and I honestly, I said, turn it off, you know, turn off, you don't have to watch this. And even when you do, don't let it, when you do hear about it, cause you will, don't let it steal away your day. You know, uh, there's always going to be suffering. There's always going to be some tragedy happening out of the world, out in the world. <clears throat> and we're not meant to be aware of every single one of them all the time. Uh, that's, you know, that's, you have to focus on what is on your plate, your responsibility, your world. And uh, I don't mean be ignorant about all that stuff, but some people just they just take it all in and it just totally, you know, demoralizes them and 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 brings them down to the point where they're ineffective and not even able to take care of their own own world. Hmm. So I I don't let it get to me too much emotionally. I just for me, it just becomes part of my determination. I got to keep going. You guys, you also get put in a lot of positions of like, well, you know, because you went through this, tell us about gun control and tell us about this and like what should happen, you know, and that over the years, I've noticed that a lot when people talk to you and and other survivors, not just of Columbine, but other shootings. And it's interesting because when you do go and talk with people about these issues, and even when I was out there and we were working on after Columbine, it was very evident in communicating with different survivors that people have different views on all these things, that not everybody is going to feel one way about something and it doesn't, you know, just because you've gone through it, it doesn't mean that everything you think about it is going to be the end all be all about that particular like gun control, for instance. Right. These are these are complicated issues. And but yet, despite having different views, it's interesting, the community, like, do you guys interact a lot? You know, the survivors, do you guys have a forum where you communicate with each other? Is there I'm just curious about that. Yeah. So I would definitely say that going through it and, and the aftermath of it brought all those students closer together in a bond. Like I think we probably have a little bit more communication than uh, than typical other classes uh, that have graduated together. Um, and, you know, every was it ninety was it ninety eight? What was that? Yeah, ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah, okay. So like. 
for example, I've got, you know, we've, we've got like Facebook friends that were all from high school. Well, like so many of us, uh, changed our profile picture, like to the Columbine flower or to something to dealing with Columbine. Like, you know, so many, like hundreds of my friends did that. So we kind of all have this, um, this bond, you know, it did really, it really did kind of after the shooting with my school, kind of like after September 11th, it's like little differences got put aside and we became unified. We really came together. The little things didn't matter as much. And that happened with our school. Uh, I mean, I can even remember happening that, you know, you had the popular kids at school, like I, like me. I was going to say you were not in that group. You were not in that group. Like smelly, you know, don't talk to them, Billy's of the, of the school. And uh, man, I just think, you know, those, those Billy's, we just need a, we need a, (laughs) we need to just bring them all together and just send them to their own island. island. Yes. We don't have to deal with that. But anyways, no, after, afterwards, it didn't matter so much, you know, who was cool, who was not. It really didn't. I mean, I, you would go to the cafeteria and you would see, you know, usually the clicks all together and afterwards it was all mixed up it really it really kind of woke people up on my you know kids up to what was what was important and so um yeah i would say there's a closer bond with uh, all of us students um how big was your how big was your class 500 students wow. our, okay. whole, our whole school was 2000 okay so that's a big yeah. school yeah. yeah um but um yeah, and the principal—he was a real, real great principal. He's—he really set up a tone that next year of like we're in this together. That was the big thing. Like we, like he made us feel like we were all part of this, going through this crap together. We were all going through this healing together. He po- posted a sign up on the on the school billboard: "A time to heal, a time to hope." And then the day one had an assembly and just really. You know, you could feel his heart. I mean, he would get up in front of 2000 students and he would say, I love you guys. Mm-hmm. And you could and you could tell he meant it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, it, he set up a tone that really we had our, our slogan for our school. Our motto was we are Columbine. That's like the, the thing we chant, like before sporting games and everything. And so, um, yeah, we, we had a real strong sense of unity after everything. Yeah, it's a cra- it's like it's a crazy thing to imagine what it was like for a principal to have to come into a school after that, after going through it, but then all the healing that everybody is going through, two thousand people having to kind of navigate that and bring that because it's not like you just come back to school and it's like we're ready to start fresh again. You're coming back with a lot of baggage that was not there before and memories and difficulties. And the thing though about your story that and you and you hinted at this before that I think is incredible is that you've chosen to take this route to show the things that God can use out of horrible things that happen, the things that God can do out of horrible things that happen. What for you has been the biggest lesson you've personally learned as a person throughout the last two decades, navigating the after of this and being a person who's out there helping other people? I think the biggest thing that I've learned is to be a see-througher. And what I mean by that is seeing through both good and bad. You could call it evil but seeing through everything in your life that there's a hand invisible hand behind it all. That's truly sovereign. That's at work. That if you look past the illusion of things being bad and good and really knowing that everything has a purpose and reason in your life, that there's providence at work and you can see with that kind of single eye of faith 
then uh, anything that happens to you, you don't have to escape from pain. You don't have to, um, you know, uh, run from your problems. You can really uh, ask in prayer and stillness. You can say, you know, what's in this problem for me? And actually, I was taught there's four, <clears throat> every like Bible character has had, including Jesus, like gone through the four P's. And that is promise, principle, problem, provision. We're all given uh, promises, great promises, you know, land of milk and honey. And then we're given principles, taught how to live, you know, life principles. And problems always come along. And we have to pra- we have to take the uh, believe, have faith in the promise and practice the principle to get through the problem than to get to the provision of the promised land. And so problems are part of the equation. You can't take them out. They're a part of it. And so, um, you know, I, 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 you know, if I can get up there and say to kids, hey, the, the worst thing that happened to me has become the great become part of the greatest purpose in my life, <clears throat> you know, then the worst things that are happening to you right now, I want you to know that those, if you allow it, can take you to becoming deeper, a deeper person spiritually, a deeper person in your character, if you can handle it right, if you can see, see it through and see through that problem. And so that's, that would be the big thing is being a see-thrower. You know, I'm a little distracted by that, like flame, that flame behind you, that lamp. Can you describe this to be like, what is happening over there? Is that like a big lamp with a fire in it? What is, what How is that? How dare you, Billy? I can't tell because I don't have my glasses on. My... What is that? What is it? And why is this happening? Like, I can't, under, it's like, <laughs> like a torch. What are you doing to it? What is it? Are you guys also that's, perplexed? You've been wondering, right? I, that's that, that is so special to me. It's sacred. And for you to bring it. <laughs> up I mean, public, on, on a public thing like this, Billy, he's you're going to get that a, role as the a, lead lady. What is that show again? He's a monster. You're going to get that role. Women um, in the <clears throat> so, okay. Let, I, me, let me ask you a serious question. Can I ask you a serious question about. Yeah about what you went through. not what I don't want to I know we don't want to get too heavy here um because frankly I can't handle it because I it takes too much seriousness but the and if you don't want to talk about it fine but the the two guys who perpetrated it Harris and Claybold did they have siblings in school I mean did they how did their families react how did the community react to their fa- I don't know I didn't ever follow any of the fallout as far as them and their families I mean obviously they they were deceased at the end of it all but I, I didn't follow what happened with their families or how this, any of, any of that sort of those circumstances. Yeah. So their families uh, really stayed away from all media. Um, it was only recently that the mother of Dylan Claybold did a few things. Uh, she did a Ted talk. It's really good. Uh, my mom has actually become friends with her, hmm. but she they no, they didn't have any siblings at the school. Um, as far as, you know, I know a little bit more about Dylan's life. He, his mom was actually a special ed teacher. And if you, you know, I speak in schools and really the special education teachers, they really are kind of the salt of the earth. I mean, cause they deal every day with these challenges. They're like some of the most compassionate, like most graceful people on earth. And so that was his mom. And she, she wrote a book and in it, she said, we value Dylan, but he didn't believe in his own value. And actually, that's why I titled my the name of my organization, Value Up. I talk a lot about 
and my program, this inherent built-in value that each and every one of us has, except for Billy, and that if you really you know, believe in that and in, in that value, but no, uh, that we do, we really have a we're you know fearfully, wonderfully made, and and the capacity that we have all just as being people that our value isn't based on what other people say about us, you know how we look. So anyway, I, I'm digressing, but the shooters. Um, you know, I've learned a lot about them. I didn't meet them or know them. Um, and the the biggest thing I can tell you about them and a lot of these shooters of school shootings is one of the big commonalities is that they focus on everything that's negative in this world. And um, I know that sounds like such a general uh, kind of answer, but it's really, if I were to tell you why Columbine happened, that would be my biggest answer. It would be that they focus on everything negative. They had a lot of good things in their life, man. They had, um, you know, as far as like, you know, lifestyle. I mean, the net, the 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 news main mass news painted this narrative, which was two guys pushed to the edge with bullying get revenge at their school, and so that's why we have had all this anti-bullying for you know last 10, 20 years. It really came after Columbine, a big part because of that news narrative. The problem is that narrative wasn't really true. Even the psychologists that have looked into what has happened, were they bullied at school? Yes, but it wasn't their big why. Mm. It wasn't really, you know, I knew kids at school that were being bullied even worse. And I'm not saying it wasn't a problem. It was. I'm just saying it wasn't the biggest reason. And if I were to, and when I talk to kids and I tell them the biggest reason, it's because they saw everything negative in this world. You know, they, they, in themselves and other people, if they were to meet you, they would immediately, you know, judge you, look for the worst in you. Instead like Lucas's hair. Being the good. <laughs> Lucas's hair. Yeah. Yeah, they would immediately go for his hair, for sure. Chris's hat. A lot of a lot of people Billy's, get jealous of the hair. Billy's chins. So I can play that game too, Billy. <laughs> there was also a heavy joke in there earlier, Chris, that I was gonna throw us out, but it just didn't seem like the right time. So when you hey, don't want to get too heavy, I was gonna you know, we're already heavy enough around here. Well, that's yeah, right. you know. But um ching. He yeah, didn't even I, let Craig, Craig can't even finish his because I interrupted him, but he can't even finish what he was saying. Go ahead. No, Craig. no, I was gonna say you're not even uh, listening to him. You're still I'm trying to care what that red thing is in the background. I'm a very, you know, easily triggered, sensitive, <laughs> mental soul. So please don't say. Why did you wait a minute? You know, just know I could cry <laughs> at any second. But why was I not invited to audition for this what Girls Gone think, Wild Billy? show? <laughs> well. <laughs> First of all, Billy, it's called Women in the Movement. Okay. Which requires movement. <laughs> Second of all, Billy, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Girls Gone Wild. It's... I really... <laughs> I didn't really... <laughs> I'm going to be... A... I had forgotten what Girls Gone Wild is. And now that I'm remembering, you would not be well suited for that. Craig. So I just think, you know, I speak in schools and churches and right. You know, sometimes I go on like you know, Christian broadcast network and they're like, oh, let's show a clip from your <laughs> not after this episode, you don't <laughs> wait a minute. Where, where's everyone's shirt? <laughs> but for real, why was I not invited to audition? I had a very, what is this it, show? I had a very pivotal rapture scene. You have to have the guy, the casting director on your show. I told you, I just get, I just texted you his number. You yesterday. did. All right, so fine. What I'm is, have what is this show? What is this show? 
It's about women in the 1950s uh, during the civil rights movement. So the first, oh. the first, the first episode. Yeah. Now you feel bad, Billy. Well, no, because I picture you as like I picture you as like a little paper boy, like that. You're gonna have like a little top hat on. Actually, selling papers I was in the 1950s. Auditioning for the the role of a guy Can named. You say, is it okay if you say? I think so. I don't. Know. Yeah. Oh. Let me check. They're not gonna listen. Yeah, they said it's fine. <laughs> uh, w- William Bradford. And it's a, actually the first episode is dealing with a guy, a boy named Emmett Till. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. famous stories in the 50s. Actually, it's a very sad story. Yeah, it is. Girls Gone Wild, Billy? I didn't know what this was about. Don't even don't even try to get me in trouble here. I had no idea. You just told me you auditioned for something that I wasn't own, invited to audition own, to. Uh, my own little show. It's going to be called The Truth Boys, and it's going to expose everything that you're doing wrong <laughs> about the show. that monster right there. <laughs> and you've got stories, too, like real life stories that you could add to that. So that's great. Um, are, are you looking for like a co host or anything? <laughs> or two yeah. co hosts? You know Possibly. what? If you guys just want to, if you guys are getting tired of someone, certain antics, and you want to join me on The Truth Boys right here. <laughs> The Truth Boys, that you, you know were the only I one hosting, be, the Truth Boys. You know what I think would be a lot more fun is if we had the three of us, uh-huh. and then instead of Billy, we just had anybody you know, else, people, you know, as a puppet. And each, t- each time, one of us, you know, takes turns operating the puppet. That's right. I think that you would know what? be a great show. This was such a mistake tonight to have all three, because usually I'm dominating Mocking Chris, and this is all turned. <laughs> I like this it. is all turned on me. And, you know, I think it's a little well, unfair, Billy, you know, to compare the women in the in the civil rights movement to girl girls gone wild. <laughs> it's not that be, so go- I think that, that should be the main point that listeners take away from this. I think we might get uh, I think we might get some coverage on some news. I don't uh, think Billy could get could indication could get a role on. Just, either. Know, just know I was on the side shaming him. That's right. I had no idea. Canceled. Well, Billy. I did not know what this show was about, but well, now that I know that you're up late. for the role of Paperboy, <laughs> too late, Billy. It's too late. You made fun of my, made fun of my light. I is that a light? Can we just address what it is? Is there How is there is oil? Is there oil is in it? it? Is there oil in it? Is it lit? What is it, does it have a wick? Is it like an Iron Man suit? What no. do we got going is that on an here? IKEA special? What is that? It's actually more perplexing the closer you get to it. Yeah. Right? It's a it's a light. It's like a portal to another world. They don't try to change the subject, Billy. I fine. I you have a lot of books. Are those are those vinyl albums? No, I just have those. Those aren't real. I just have them in the background for when I did interviews. They're like, oh, this guy's read a lot of books. We should listen to him. (laughs) They're not real though. No, really, they're not. I'll show you. (laughs) See here. Is this this your home? Not real. Wait a minute. Look, this one right here. So it looks like a book, right? It's not. It's a little safe. They're not even real. <laughs> is, so this, is, this your, is this your home? Are you so stupid? Are you married? Do you, are you on a family? set right now? Where are you? Do you guys oh, ask what? 12? Hold on. There were 12 I'm questions that were just asked. I'm not married. Okay. Shocking that you weren't able to convince anyone to marry you. Now you, Craig Miss, is a Miss catch. Team Actually, USA got away. Is that Craig what happened? Craig is a catch, here? And, and if somebody's listening, I have okay. a really bad story about that. You guys, ladies, yes, I ladies, Craig is available. See, I'm helping you. Thank you. 
I'm gonna, so, I'm Craig, gonna... I actually think you're going to be a fill-in on this show when somebody has explosive diarrhea or some other issue that prevents them from being yeah, on. Yeah. Which on is about show. every other week for Chris. <laughs> Not true. Yeah, there are some bowel issues on this show. And when they when <laughs> you, you they thought flare I was on it's actually a second septic tank. <laughs> <laughs> That's so gross. It's awful. Craig isn't even amused a little bit. How sad is that? He didn't even crack a smile. Maybe because that red lamp is frying his brain. Um, <laughs> you are so distracted by that. It looks lamp. like a like, red, like kryptonite. Like he's trying inside. to figure out if he got the paper boy role in this thing. I'm actually that's actually a very nice series. And Do now that I know on set, is. if you got the paper boy paper boy role, I don't know where this paper boy business paper boy business came from, but. The don't show just... is called Women in the Movement, not okay. Gone Wild, and I'm a, I'm not a, I'm not auditioning to be a paper boy. Okay, but whatever you, picture, you say. Do you picture him on the street corner, like in a button-down hat? Yes, and like a button-down jacket with like a vest on and a little with like you know the little rounded hat that doesn't have like not like your hat, but a little a little boy in the 1950s would wear yeah. that hat. Yeah. You could see it, Craig, a little bit, right? You could see yourself. Yeah. Yeah, in that role, I saw a Derek Huff. Like, I, do it. I don't know what what the point of point of this conversation is. But yeah, I do it. <laughs> there hasn't been one for an hour now, for fifty eight minutes, according to my timer. Uh, but, well, listen, Craig, I am so appreciative that you decided to grace us with your presence, and I always like having a friend, like somebody that I've known for a long time. And unfortunately, I've been <laughs> dealing with you for. Did you hear that? He went, it's so nice to have a friend. Somebody I've known for a long time on the show. I also felt like he was implying that we're not his friends. That's right. That he was kind of like, I always like to have a friend on the show. But wait, I Can I just say. talk about the fact that Lucas messaged me at one point and wrote, I'm muted. During like in the private chat. I'm muted. I didn't know echo. what you're talking no, about. No, I messaged Chris he did. that he was, because he I, understood because, because your mic was going crazy. There was a feedback issue. But Whatever. It, we got it fixed. It maybe was there's your, a reason. It was maybe your God intervened. Rumbling from your explosive diarrhea. Is maybe what that God was. intervened. Well, Craig, you're going to come back again. I hope. Yeah, like I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss it. I wouldn't miss it for anything, Billy. Listen, you paused way too long. You're my, fa- you're my favorite Muppet character ever. And if I, if I don't train myself to be triggered on a regular basis when I'm out in public and I meet someone, you know, one of your kind. I just freak out. I do a lot of public speaking. You know, I'm all over the country. I don't want. I don't want to. You know, freak out in front of public. So it's good for me to get triggered over and over. You know. So I'd love. I'd love to be on just to get practice. I love that you guys just want to keep calling me a muppet. You know, I'm gonna get real mean because I'm gonna put you on a text chain and we're gonna start talking about who you all look like. All right. Gay manatee. So. Greg, if people want to find it, I, this won't be anyone who heard this episode. But if I anybody, think, I don't think anybody's. If no, anybody would actually want to make sure they never invite you to come speak after hearing what just happened, <laughs> um, where would they go to see your website? I hope this is so unsuccessful because if it actually was, it would ruin my speaking career. They'd be like, "Oh no, we don't want that guy. No, He's it's... a pedophile." <laughs> wait uh, uh, like i want that to be a soundbite uh, uh, uh. oh my gosh well you know you're you're being friends with you is almost like having that epi pen jabbed through my finger but i enjoy i enjoy it still there's like a part of it that is it's like a little bit of a rush but you're still convulsing <laughs> yeah you're convulsing you might need an ambulance but but there's but it's a, a good of, story 
it's it's yes and there's some excitement to it so well well craig it's been fun and i hope that i talk to you soon i'm sure i will keep an eye on that red light back there i'm a little worried yeah about it's it. very concerning there could be a fire hazard <laughs> <laughs> so you kept talking about what just kept, happened i don't know but craig, you kept talking... craig, poor craig comes into this and he's thinking these people are legitimate no, was, no, no one he ever, didn't think that. No you were on the show. <laughs> well, whatever. So, I mean, I don't know. What to say. I told you he had story. We had stories. I mean, so I, <clears> I love that you kept bringing up, and I didn't want to say it to him because I could say it when he's not on. That you kept bringing up, uh, girls gone wild with this video, and I'm like, Billy, you got the cup, <laughs> si you got the cup size, but they don't want any fatos on those videos. <laughs> <laughs> I did not remember what Girls Gone Wild was until after I said it. Okay. And now that I remember it, I should be horrified, but I'm not. You should be horrified. This is a Christian podcast. Yeah. But I have people I mean, from my church that listen to this. Well, people from Lucas's please, church. Please a, to be noting that Lucas didn't know what Girls Gone Wild was. Well, I didn't even know. I couldn't remember. I just heard women in the. I had no idea what movement. At first, I thought it was a plumbing show. <laughs> <laughs> I, no I was idea. one second away from making that joke before he said what it was. I mean, a good thing I paused. I can't. Well, it actually sounds like a great show. But anyway, uh, I can't believe he's auditioning for things. He's going to get roles. And, and I'm for the not. record, you're not supposed to talk about <laughs> talk about, <laughs> about that you're auditioning or what the show is he doesn't or care. what's on the first episode. But he I like that he doesn't care. care. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, right. I will tell you that. Do we have that any real fun. news or stories? Well, we got the um Yes, we do. One of you got one of you had mentioned talking about at least in our chat earlier was um Nancy Pelosi thanking God for or thanking George Floyd for dying. Do you remember <laughs> that this? That was very bizarre. That was really weird. That was really, I, I pulled the audio. Soundbite? I do. But do you want okay. to set it up first what what it was? Yeah, so I, was she did she go up there? She was on a no. She was on a podium. It was, it was in Washington D.C. with the Congressional Black Caucus and a bunch of other people, and they're having a big presser out after the Shelvon. Uh, so she Derek basically Chauvin just like starts case. praying to George Floyd, <laughs> like kind of talking to him. Yes, like he's like the new Jesus. She's looking up at heaven, right? This is yes. after the, the Shelvin. Um, <laughs> it um, reminded me like case. the prayer on. Um, was that Talladega Nights or, uh, <laughs> Baby you know, the Ricky Bobby, you know, sort of <laughs> deal? Like, he was a man. He had a beard. That, oh, little baby Jesus. That's what I thought of the whole time. It was very awkward. So, yes, they're having this. The the Chauvin verdict had Chauvin, Derek Chauvin, Chauvin. Anyway, Chauvin, the verdict, verdict came down and then they held this presser. And um, they were very excited about the fact that he had been found guilty on all three counts, which, listen, I wasn't on the jury. If if you'd tell me but to look at the video that I saw and the little <laughs> bit of information that I had, sure. I just said definitely at least a manslaughter charge, right? Mm -hmm. That to me, yep. right? But who knows, right? And, and now, that said, I think that there's a debate to be had on whether he got a fair trial or not when it comes to the fact that the judge did not sequester the jury and that he just told them not to pay attention to what was going on in the news, and yet... People like Al Sharpton, Maxine Waters are out there saying the things that they were saying about um, rioting and causing other issues and confrontation. I shouldn't say rioting, confrontation. If they didn't get the verdict they wanted, right? Well, can I make a can I make a point about that? That yeah. I do think, I think that the question is a no. It's it's a worthwhile question of asking whether it was a fair trial. But I I also think that anybody with a brain who spent any amount of attention paying 
from the moment this happened on that really didn't matter what happened in the last two weeks. All of those people on the jury heard the same things and saw the same things that we all saw. I'm just saying, so I don't all I'm all I'm saying is <clears throat> regardless of the fact that I would would have probably found him guilty on at least the manslaughter charge. Right. It doesn't matter as far as our jurisprudence in the United States goes, whether he got a fair trial or not is important. What, it is. It is. But my and my the fact question that if is, any of them and the fact that it has to go beyond a shadow of a doubt. Right. Yeah, or be, it, has, it has to be whatever, you know, there's reasonable, beyond reasonable doubt. Yeah. If anybody had reasonable doubt and I didn't get, I wasn't privy to all of the defense's um, claims or testimony or any of that. Well, it's on tape, but I if there's there is any, no, re- but, it's... but if there's any reason, but if there's reasonable doubt as far as what he was trained on and th- I don't, I don't know everything that was presented, but if there was any reasonable doubt in the minds of any of the jurors and then they, then they saw media reports where, where, where crowds and and leaders in the community were saying we're going to threaten the lives and the or the well-being of anybody who doesn't you know go along with what we think or our community and they're like we need to find him guilty so that our city doesn't burn regardless of whether or not Shelvin was actually guilty which again I would have probably said guilty that still is material to whether or not he got a fair trial Right. And my point is, though, that all of that stuff, yes, what you're saying is true. But those things, those feelings and thoughts and emotions and experiences happen for a year Mm -hmm. before that trial. So whether that whether those events happen this week or not, it would not have changed what those they've already seen all those things. Most cases don't have that sort of high profile attention on them. So the argument of sequestering the jury, it becomes it makes more sense because once the trial starts, you and I'm sure that's yeah, why they all, didn't do it. I don't know. But all of the, yeah, all well, of the all of the <clears throat> threats or veiled threats, if you will, of violence or there's a reason that within yeah, within, within that a week or two of the, the within a week or two of the verdict, uh, businesses were boarding up, right? It's because they were this was this was the intense part, right? Because we all went through the emotion. I, I, I shouldn't say we all. The three of us here went through the emotion of seeing it when it first happened. And it was first reported in those first couple weeks. We're all very passionate. It's like this guy's guilty as all get out and he needs to be nailed and, and thrown in the slammer. Then we've had almost a year to think about it. And like passions have cooled, which is how you should make a judgment as a jury and as a judge. Passions have cooled. Let's look at the actual evidence and not judge it on passion. But then passion starts to get picked up when it sees that we're getting down to verdict time. And you've got a jury that's like, I've had I've had eight months of of dispassionate time and now suddenly the passion's picking back up and I'm starting to get worried again for my community. I'll, I'll make a guilt. And, and let me add to that. There's a whole ball out of commentators on the right and the left who said, I'm glad w- whether or not he was actually guilty of all these things. They, they were saying on uh, various yeah. analysts, whether or not he was actually guilty of these things or not. I'm glad he was found guilty for two reasons. One, we need to send a message to, I didn't want to see the city burn. And well, that, and that <clears throat> speaks to the possibility that there was influence upon the jury, an unsequestered jury, by by you know ne'er do wells. I just think it. I think we watched a nine minute and twenty nine second video, and we saw it all, and that the and that this was a formality. This was a constitutional formality of what he was entitled to. His second degree murder charge was different from other second degree right. murder charges. I'm not a lawyer, yeah. but yeah. it's unintentional homicide, which he was guilty of. Right. He unintentionally killed but, somebody, and, it, and so it sure looked that way. It's it's it well, that is what happened, right? I mean, it's it, that that I would certainly think that that's. <clears throat> I certainly would agree that that's certainly that it's what seems to have happened based on the video alone. 
That said, so our legal system, our legal system, though, requires a fair trial for someone. Well, it, it, you know what I it mean? Requi it requires it, but usually you don't have video evidence of the crime unfolding. So, yes, it requires it. He can appeal. He can appeal it. And I will tell you, it will be the same result once it's appealed because right, we watched if, it. But if the judge, if, 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 if during the jury nullification process, every juror that they brought forward said, I believe the guy's guilty as hell and I will convict him. And if I could, I would hang him. And if every potential juror said that and the judge goes, <laughs> I'm good with that. Right. He would then, even though we still would still feel, you and I would still feel the same thing we do about this this officer who should have been found guilty, again, at least on manslaughter, if not the second and third degree murder charges as well. You and I, our opinion doesn't matter. It doesn't change on it. But if the, if the judge had allowed extremely biased anti-officer, anti-police jurors, there would have been an issue, a constitutional jurisprudence issue. That's all sure. I'm saying, and I think that he's got an appeal an appeal case to be made. That sure. doesn't no, mean that I'm I think sure he's he going to win, or that I think he should win necessarily, or that he shouldn't. I, be I in understand the slam what you're saying. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying. I didn't feel like tensions cooled during that year at all. I felt like tensions have been crazy, and I think they're continuing to be crazy. I don't. I never felt like an ebb of like, oh, things are getting better. I think, again, we were all exposed to it incessantly people knew this case at the back of their hand sequestering the jury yeah maybe he should have done it but it would i don't think it would have changed the thing i understand the concerns over to me it's more silly on the behalf of the people doing those things yeah. that they're giving somebody who is very exactly. clearly guilty on tape a, a, a potential appeal. appeal yeah and right. I, I i agree but <laughs> the fact is they have giving him a potential appeal that's my point he has a potential appeal here right and that's their fault that's that's the that's the and I would say that it has calmed down. So that doesn't mean that there's not an under an undercurrent throughout sure. our society right now. But the fact that that Minneapolis for the last seven months hasn't been burning means that it mm -hmm. has calmed down at least some. Maybe we could encourage our leaders. Obama did this with the cop acted stupidly with the whole Gates thing. Remember, yeah. he, he waded into it. Trump waded into everything that didn't involve him. Like, stop commenting on things that do not involve the executive branch of the presidency. Right. Stop commenting on things that don't involve the legislature. You have nothing to do with these things. Well, at least wait stop. until afterward, right? I don't right. mind. Right, right, right. No, what we're going to play from Pelosi was, was afterwards. She's allowed to be silly and have her own silly opinions, right? But at least she said it afterwards. So here's what, here's what Pelosi had to say at this, uh, this press conference. Uh, here we go. His name, synonymous with justice George Floyd. and dignity and grace and prayerfulness and prayerfulness. So we thank God. We thank Jesus because we were praying to him all along. Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice, for being there to call out to your mom. How, how heartbreaking was that? Call out for your mom. I can't breathe. But because of you and because of thousands, millions of people around the world who came out for justice, your name will always be synonymous with justice. Thank you for giving your life for justice. <laughs> Listen, if even the second silliest man on CNN, Chris Saliza, is willing to go, willing to blast Pelosi's what he called tone-deaf comments, then you know <laughs> that it was a problem. Yeah. It's just like when you try to score political points and you're trying to obviously honoring the life of somebody who was killed unjustly is a great thing that, but that wording and That's is dumb. bizarre. So, it's bizarre. Anyway, so we have that. And now I, I took that and I was inspired.
when I heard that, and I thought, <laughs> what could I do with it? I came up with something. Lucas, I think you're going to enjoy this. I can't wait. The religious landscape of the United States is changing at a rapid pace. As the Christian faith is being eroded by what the New York Times calls an ascendant liberal Christianity. And prayerfulness. So we thank God. We thank Jesus. Because we were praying to him all along. Rooted in progressive ideology and Marxist thought, this new Christian left has partnered with the state in order to advance a liberal agenda and silence the truth. We thank Jesus. That was for you, Lucas. <laughs> yeah, that's so. a great example of a little bit of a hybrid between the, uh, the 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 left that loves to claim the separation of church and state will use it every chance it gets right. to to make sure that the church is subservient to the state. That's right, exactly. She's such a well. She's just. I she's, love. I love when Lucas goes from like host of the co-host of the Church Boys into. The Christian oh, yeah. left. interviewee mode. talking points. Oh yeah, interviewee. Yeah. It's awesome because you're in that mode God. right now where you're doing interviews. So you can't can we bring Greg you? back on? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm the bully now again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I don't know. There's there was one other thing that did you guys hear John Kerry? They were doing the um, it's Earth. Day, I don't. You know? li- I don't listen to that. So he's given his little spiel. I don't know who you're internet, talking about. This international. Was he, was it, he's yeah, the climate he envoy stuff. for Biden, right? And so he talks. He's talking about how we, get, we have to reduce CO2 in the atmosphere and get carbon neutral. And he's had this to say. We still have to get carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. So this is a bigger challenge than a lot of people have, have, have sort of really grabbed onto yet. Did you catch that? We still have to get carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. Uh, what? Why is John Kerry anti-tree? That's what I would like to know. <laughs> we have realize realize, um, Senator Kerry, that in order for us to get carbon dioxide out of the tree, all living animals must stop breathing. Yep. The the guy is an absolute clown. Anyway, those are the well, only two I, clips I had for you. You know, it is interesting. I want to make a comment about Earth Day. Because Earth Day, <laughs> Chris almost spit up. I don't have a. I actually don't have a problem with Christians saying, "You know, God gave us this Earth. We should no. we shouldn't mistreat it, right?" God, I don't think God wants us trashing the Earth. Now, we use the things God gave us on the Earth. That doesn't mean we take it to this extreme where we say you can never eat an animal or eat a plant. Like you just need to eat cardboard. You know, whatever, whatever. Th- this stuff takes on a strange mind of itself. But Earth Day is not a bad thing in terms of you know respecting the Earth. Blah 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 respecting God's creation, but the fervency with which schools and others celebrate Earth Day, I just, all day, I kept thinking to myself, imagine if everybody went to school with a cross on their shirt or with a message about God and was so enthusiastic about God, like, if the church acted about God and faith one day a year even, the way that people act about Earth Day. Wouldn't it be something if the schools uh, talked about the founder of Earth Day who killed and then uh, cut up and turned into compost his girlfriend? The co-founder. Yeah. Yes. Did you know yeah. that, Billy? Um, well, I had. I remember that. I had blocked it out of my mind. <laughs> it's a little, <clears> a little <throat> disturbing. But. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks for ruining Earth Day. Um, so I just, I don't know. It just, it's like that fervency. It's the same with sports. I feel the same way about sports. Einhorn. That was the guy's name. There you go. Where is he now? I don't know. Hopefully dead. Dead or in jail? I mean, this was in April 1970. So 
So, so it's anyway. not as old as Chris, so he could still be alive. Well, Chris is 1870s, but so the when it comes to Earth Day, though, it's the same thing I feel about sports. <clears throat> Wait, you have to. I have to interrupt. Go ahead. After his arrest, Einhorn jumped bail and spent decades evading authorities by hiding out in Ireland, Sweden, the United Kingdom, and France. After 23 years, he was finally extradited to the U.S. from France, put on trial. Taking the stand in his own defense, Einhorn claimed that his ex-girlfriend had been killed by CIA agents who framed him for the crime because he knew too much about the agency's paranormal military research. He was convicted of murdering uh, Maddox and is currently serving a life sentence. Didn't he cut her up too? Like cut her up, turn her she into was compost? Like, she was like composting in a trunk. Yeah. 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 Well, this show just got gross. dark. This show got very dark. And it's like cereal over here all of a sudden. Is there a movie about this? I don't know, but there should be. Can we lock up the rights for this thing? <laughs> um, call, get Craig back on here. Have him call that casting agent. So I actually have could, the casting agent. I'm going to find out why I was not cast. We this could get show. Craig to play Ira, 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 and we could get Billy to play Earth. So that'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but do you guys? So, Chris, you're a sports fan. I think yes. the fervency with which people obsess over sport like we're all like flipping out over sports yeah flipping out over earth day flipping out over everything and we're all guilty of this in some way or another it's like wow what if we just diverted that attention for one day yeah can you imagine if the schools did that what society would look like yeah well you know my i had a pastor our previous pastor one of the best sermons he gave he he pulled um footage from a mariners game where they were playing in the playoffs and there was this huge you know rally and it was it's and the crowd's going nuts and he goes and he plays that in the in the, the you know congregation's like boy this is really this is great memories right and he goes what if the church acted like that about the things they believed and celebrated he goes but we don't we never do ever yeah and so no i think it's a good point it's a fair point well, I'm filled with those. And so were you, did you guys enjoy getting to hear from Craig and, and hearing our memories about how he got me lost in the woods? Memories. I, think, I, yeah. I, I would like to hear more from him because I'm hoping he has more dirt on you. Oh, for sure. He has more dirt on me. We traveled numerous times together does he over know, the years. Does he know Andrea? Does Andrea know him? They've never met, actually, oh, really? which is crazy. Yeah, he was invited to our wedding, but he couldn't, he couldn't make it out yeah. for it. And be, yeah, I don't, I don't know... Our other friend Evan, who is another close friend of mine from Columbine, they went to school together. Um, he has met, you know, the kids and and Andrea, but I don't think Craig has. It's just crazy. A, okay, just a second. We have a uh, a, special have a special guest, guest who's been taping a special across the hall, and she had said she would like to make an appearance and say hello. Just a second, Lucy. Nice. Just a second, Lucy. Can you imagine having Chris as your dad? It would be tragic. Like traumatizing. Now he is old enough to be both of our fathers. But you'd be like, "How did my mom marry a hippo?" <laughs> so just a second. This is like you'd you think that, and you'd wonder, "How is this hippo fed and clothed?" Oh, just a second. Hey, Lucy. Hi. Okay, so that's Billy. hi. How are you? Over there, that's Billy, and that's Lucas over there, the one who looks like Elvis. <laughs> He does kind of look like Elvis, right? Doesn't the hair he? is actually very poofy today. Hi, Princess Billy. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> How are you? What are you up to tonight? I heard you were filming a special in the other room. You're filming a show in the other room. Or are you just watching TV? Just watching TV. That's good enough. What were you, what were you watching? What were you watching? Has your dad done anything silly this week? Yeah, what's... Oh, yeah, tell us. What has your dad done that's funny? 
You don't know? Your dad, Your dad is very dad. funny, though, isn't he? He's very goofy. <laughs> goofy works. <laughs> now, did you go down? You went down to Florida, right? On the trip, the family trip? Mm-hmm. They didn't leave you at home or anything? What was your favorite what was your favorite ride? Um probably Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Ooh, is that like a roller coaster? Yeah. Oh wow. I want to go on that. What was your second favorite? Mine train. What's the mine train? It's um this it's a snow white ride. Oh wow. Interesting. It's a new ride. It's a new ride. They're always putting new rides in there. Do you have a there. favorite character at Disney? Probably Ariel. Uh, the little My girl. wife loves Ariel. Yeah, my wife loves her. Who's your second favorite character? Belle. Belle. Oh, you like the princesses. That makes yeah, sense. Which is why she They're pretty you, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you like to call me Princess Billy. <laughs> oh if my God. Billy was a Disney character, which Disney character would he be? Can I think King, King Triton? I need to think of the funniest one. Mm. <laughs> I was going to take King Triton, but if you can come up with a funny one. What's the what's the witch lady's name on the Little Mermaid? Ursula. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Daddy like Ursula? <laughs> yes. Fine. I'll be Ursula. You're That's not fine. not bringing much I'll to the show here, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any jokes for Billy? You no. good? All right. I guess... She, Bye. I guess she's that's o- all. She's obviously completely horrified by Lucas's hair. Well, I don't. It's traumatized a lot. She... I actually missed a haircut this week. Yeah. <laughs> they called me, and I was in Michigan City, and I got tied up there. I was out there for a client meeting with two of my team, and I drove them by to see the lake and stuff because we were really close. And I got a phone call, and it was the girl that cuts my hair, and she's like, "Hi," and I said, "Hey." She goes, are you you coming to your appointment today? And I'm like, yeah, I'll be there a little bit, right? And she's like, "Uh, it's right now. And I forgot that there's a time change in Michigan City because Indiana has two times. Oh, yes. And I lost track of time and it didn't happen. So I saw a picture of you earlier this week. It looked like your hair was frosted. Had you been doing construction or something? Frosted? Like it was all like it was like gray or something. I saw white. I saw white. I don't know if it was the light. I thought maybe you'd been doing construction. And it was like it was like. Didn't you see it? But it's like gray almost. No, oh, yeah, there was some gray. Are you messing with me? No, no, it was a no, picture. No, I saw it in the picture. I see it right now, a little bit on the left. No, I don't. Right. I didn't no see no. But I mean, like the, the whole thing. You know, like when somebody's like somebody has been in the middle of a dust storm or in a construction site. It looked like your hair yes. was filled with dust. There it is. There's the gray right there. You got nothing. This is like. First of all, can we address the fact when you said I missed my hair appointment? It's like saying I missed a blood transfusion. (laughs) Like it's like I. It was like, and then she called me. This woman called, like when you miss a doctor's appointment. This is concierge level service right there. You're so weird. What What are you guys talking about with my hair? I don't know. Your hair. There's like it was snowing. It was at the lake. (laughs) No, no. On the right side, there's a this right here. Wasn't that? No. It's literally. No, no. Look right there. You see it in the picture. There's some gray right there on the right hand side. You're an idiot. No. I I swear to you that I saw a photo. Was it on Facebook or Twitter? um, Twitter. There was a photo of you, and it looked like you had. I thought maybe you'd been on a construction site or something. Oh no! I just thought that he was getting old. No, No, I saw that too. It was like all gray. I've got a ton of gray in my hair everywhere here. Well, 
Weird. And I'm and I'm way younger than you, elderly girl. Either one of you. Well, it's fine. You just got to get some Grecian formula. Let's present this photo and let the uh, the Twitter community I'm, I'm decide. I'm looking for it right now. So By the see. way, Pedro, if you're listening, I saw your book order. The books finally made it to our offices, and they are shipping. So are you? Oh, you're somewhere soon. Are you? Um, that's not there either. Are you? Uh, are you autographing still? You I'm autographing books. Yeah. And how's that going? Do you it's going good. It? I think I've autographed like 200 books already. Yeah. I was watching your little autographing session. Yeah. On- so, yeah, anybody who orders through lucasmiles.org gets the autograph copy. And uh, it's been going good. good. I mean, you've got you've got some hustle in you. When I put a book out, I've got a good week or two of media in me and then I'm done. I'm like I'm I like can't. 3 months deep. Like I mean, yeah. it's been it's been <laughs> intense, so You're you are committed. I yeah, and I just we just booked Newsmax on Monday. Nice. Who are you going on um, with, you know? What's that? Who are you going on with on Newsmax? Uh, Chris and... Chris Ruddy? No. Give me a second. Not Chris Ruddy. The other Chris. Um, Not Benny Johnson? Not Benny Johnson. This wasn't, this wasn't the photo, Chris, but I, I thought this photo... Salcedo. That's not the photo I was thinking of, but Chris Salcedo, he worked at the Blaze with us, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's who I'm going at, on with. Wait, yeah. he's at he's at Newsmax now? I had no Newsmax. idea. Yep. No he's idea. A nice guy. I like him. He's we used very to nice work guy. with him. Yep. All right. Um, I won't mention that. Don't. Don't you'll be booted. <laughs> you'll be better. Well, off. I I mean, I am impressed with your stamina for interviews. It is incredible. And your book is going to do very well. I hope and so. I you hope are going it. to be a very wealthy, wealthy co-host who can actually buy us new equipment. Right. You could front things for us here. I, is... I might add a hot tub next to the pond. Get, she, uh, does she have any interest in, interest in a hot tub at all? Like even if you put it on your back porch on the lanai or something? I'm assuming you have a Yeah, lanai. she would She would go for a hot tub for sure. Yeah. But Get a not hot where the tub. pond's supposed to be. Counter this whole pond with a hot tub. Say, I did this for I you. I think now we're you in too deep at this point. <laughs> It's, so, it's halfway full of water. So, as it, do you think it's gonna work? I mean, is it gonna? Ha- it's gonna be a pond. Is it gonna have a, like a, a circular it'll a like fountain? A, it'll have a fountain into it. It'll have a so fountain. It'll like, no, like a waterfall. Water. It'll circulate it's a the water. It's gonna circulate the water. Kind of a grotto. Okay, so, hmm. <laughs> do you <laughs> just a waterfall? What What is your anticipation on this actually getting completed? And how much do you think it's gonna finally run you? <laughs> I think we're close. I think that uh, I actually talked to Doug today, and uh, he's having to special order the little bucket for the uh, the waterfall. You know what special um, order means, right? Cha-ching. Well, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He called me at work to ask me about that. Um, you know, I think we're close. I okay. think it'll be done by May 1st. Really? Yeah. So in a so week. Let's, let's, let's call it two week. more episodes. We'll be done. That's two weeks then. Two weeks. Right. Maybe our barn door will be in too on our renovation project. Oh, and we will yes, be that's too. right. We could celebrate that together. The Rockefeller yeah. house is getting worked on. I forgot about that. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm done with you. The compound. Well, that was unhinged next as usual. Week, that was. We should week, not week. share this do, episode. Do we need to tease next week? What's coming on next week? Or is, have we nailed this down for sure? No, he can't do it next week. Okay. Oh well, maybe next week then, since we have free time, maybe we could do a little bit. Inter- we, we could might, interview we might Lucas be on a college campus next Thursday. The Church Boys.
There's a whole bunch of uh, stupid people who are making decisions that are stupid. We still have to get carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. They say, that's amazing. How did you do that? I think they're weird. I think they're uncomfortable. I think they're pretty awkward. So, so you got a whole lot of stupid uh, being perpetrated by a whole lot of uh, stupid people and then supported by more stupid people. So we thank God. We thank Jesus. No religion, no anything. Hurt the Bible, hurt God. They're against religion, Bible, God. Uh, hey, hey, uh, this ain't good. Good morning. Sunday morning. The, uh... It's taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's just, when you think about it. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty much it. That's what's going on. I don't tell you.